0: From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's
1: me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour as we uh, launch our 24th year on the air. Appreciate you all being with us. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we're glad, I don't know if we're rejoicing yet, but we're glad... That Steve Doe joins us. Uh, Steve is a relatively newcomer here to the uh, Pastoral Center in the Diocese of Sacramento. Steve, good to see you. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I am a newbie
2: around here, and uh, humbled and blessed to be to be in this diocese, to be serving uh, our local bishop uh, Soto and to be serving the youth and young adults in this great Diocese of San Jose, which I am also new Sacramento. to. The, I mean, Sacramento. There you go. Um, I gave it away. I'm, I'm a newbie because uh, I am new to the area as well.
1: Very good. And uh, we, we gave Steve the golden mic today. It's yes. kind of intimidating. It but is. But and
2: I was told that if if I do not tell it the truth, it's going to— It'll. it'll It'll it, change, it,
1: yeah. you, you, well, you, you might get an sh- electric, electric shock or something. shock, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you get a shock. So I'm just going to make take a wild guess and say you might be from the diocese of San Jose. Yes,
2: I don't know. How, you must be a prophet because <laughs> uh, I don't know how you fa- how you found that out. But uh, yes, I am originally from uh, San Jose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I moved to the area area about right a year in ago. the city of San Jose, or one yes, of the yes, yes, in the city of San okay. Jose. Um, mm-hmm. more toward the south side. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, grew up there. I wasn't born there, but I grew up there pretty much most of my life. And that's where I became involved in youth ministry. A uh, uh, cradle Catholic? A uh, cradle Catholic, yes. Yeah. Cradle Catholic, but didn't have my uh, reversion, if, as, as some people would say, until I was in my early 20s. And uh, when I truly fell in love with the Lord and decided to serve Him uh, through youth ministry. You know,
1: I I, I hear... A lot of stories of people, you know, they fall away and then they come back. But I don't hear why they why they think they once they've come back, why they think they fell away. Um, Because I'm sure there are people out there that fell away and didn't come back. Yes. And uh, I'd be I'd be real, real curious. Was it just, you know, went off to college or something and just kind of uh, got out of the habit?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, I. I give credit to my parents. I think they raised me very well. Uh, They're very devout Catholics uh, within the context of the Vietnamese culture because I am Vietnamese. Mm -hmm. I'm Vietnamese-American.
1: Are they immigrants?
2: Yes, they are immigrants. Um, When they came over in 75, uh, they had their children. So So shortly,
1: right at the end of the war. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: And so my... My older sister was born in Pennsylvania. I was born in Texas. Wow! And my younger sister was born in California. Oh, <laughs> so we been, have we covered the entire a, continent. A multi, multicultural <laughs> exactly. family, exactly. Um, so they 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 taught us the faith um, as the way they knew it, um, but they made sure that we were catechized in the parishes um, in English. So I grew up in English CCD, mm-hmm. um, and I think just growing up. Faith was a part of our lives, but f- I would say culturally um and just through habit um but I wouldn't say I necessarily embraced it and owned it mm-hmm. as I was growing up, so I think, as a result, when I came of age as a high schooler and as as a young adult, it just became something that I did out of habit and obligation, but not necessarily something that I embraced mm-hmm. and you know being that young you explore different things you live life sure, and sure. and i wouldn't say I, I fell away from the church or grew away from god i just didn't have a close relationship with him mm-hmm. and until i was introduced uh, to youth ministry wow. i was invited from by a friend who went through a conversion and witnessed his faith transformation
1: and how old were you?
2: I was um, about 19, 20 at the time. Were you in college? or? Yeah, I was uh, going to community college at the time, uh-huh. not really knowing what I was doing. <laughs> Just kind of, what's uh, What is, it, what is what's the term? Undeclared? Undeclared, <laughs> major, yeah. yeah undeclared, undeclared major, yes. Undeclared major. And, um, oh yeah, and then, yeah, my friend went through, he got involved in youth ministry at a local parish that I was attending at the time, went through this. Major transformation, and I knew him in high school before he went through conversion. so mm-hmm. I, I saw
1: the transformation, so it took an invitation from somebody absolutely. yeah and I believe that and I think that, that that's that's real important information for people to have that uh, you think, well, what can what can I do? What can one person do? Well, you save one soul you you've done a lot, you know and and uh, frequently it's by example, but sometimes it's by hospitality, if you will. it's by by inviting somebody to maybe mass, maybe not mass, maybe maybe invite them to some some uh, function, a bible study, a, a, a parish festival, a parish picnic, uh, various uh, you know uh, of Saint Vincent de Paul function, uh, things like that, where they get they get a little nibble of the church, if you will. Absolutely, one hundred
2: percent agree. And one of the things that my pastor, when I was a full time youth minister at Holy Spirit Parish in South San Jose. One of the things that he he taught me that I will never forget about evangelization. It's a simple equation. Um, witness plus invitation equals evangelization. Mm. So W plus I equals E. So remember that. W plus I equals E. Witness plus invitation equals evangelization. Okay. And that, that was my story. I had someone who I knew that witnessed the faith. He invited me persistently, even because I, I remember many times I rejected his invitation, mm-hmm. but he never gave up on me. He he persisted, and the, it just came to a day where I I I was kind of like that got uh, that passage in the in the Bible where uh, I think it was a woman who who was persistent and was a nuisance, and then the person gave right. in. Right. That um, was that I was that person. I gave in because I just. Didn't want to be bothered anymore. <laughs> but, okay, I'll go. But that—that but that, that was
1: what led to my heart being open. Was it? Was there a moment that you went aha, like what? Wow, uh, what have I been missing? Yeah, I think it was a
2: gradual aha because so so it was the youth mass that I attended, and I was the guy that came late and left early, <laughs> and I would always stand in the back. And what was special about that Mass, because it, it was the Life Teen Youth Mass at the time. Uh-huh. And during that uh, during those years, it was very common for a Life Teen Mass where the priest, during the Eucharistic prayer, the priest would invite the youth around the altar. Uh-huh, right. And they would huddle. And, you know, I was a young adult. I wasn't a high school teenager. So I'm like, that's not for me. It's cool yeah. to yeah. witness. It's something different. And they would play contemporary music. Mm-hmm. So it's something that I felt like okay there's this is a different experience and and I'm enjoying it because it's 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 connecting with me right but it wasn't for me because I'm not a youth but my friend would always invite me up to the altar I'm like oh no 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 and then finally one day I give in and then the moment I went up there and i have to be honest i think probably the first time i ever was that close to the altar table to the mm-hmm. tabernacle mm-hmm. And not only that, I was around young people, right. and we were huddling around each other. And I knew I felt something then. Hmm. I knew I felt the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit I, I didn't. I couldn't, I, I yeah. couldn't name. Yeah. I, I didn't know the name, but but I knew. You know, in retrospect, it was the it was a Holy Spirit moment for me because I was just looking around, like, oh my gosh, here are these young people, willingly coming up. Mm-hmm. With faith, and and I'm 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 getting to witness, and I'm also being able to be a part of it. it. Was something? There was just something profound in that moment that sparked my curiosity. I was like, "There's something to this that I need to know. I need to find out more." So I went to the youth night, and then it was in the youth night that the youth minister at the time and I always tell I every time I tell my story I always mention his name. So my friend, his name is Lin Huang, mm-hmm. uh, so he's the first encounter, and then my youth minister at the time, Mike Navarro was the one who noticed me. And at the end of the night, he said, I've been watching you. Hmm. I've been watching you. I think you have a lot of potential. Would you be open to coming to my core team meeting on oh, Tuesday? Wow. Yeah. And I felt I felt like the Judas in the room. Like I felt yeah, so unworthy, yeah. right? Like yeah. who am I to be able to attend a leadership core team meeting? But just his words were so warm and inviting and, and humbling at the same time. So I said yes, and I went. And I never stopped. Wow. And that was, uh, yeah, I, that was my first core team meeting, and I was sold after that. And I, I, I joined the core team meeting, and that was the beginning of my youth ministry <laughs> Wow! And,
1: and that, at some point, you transitioned to being the youth minister yourself, right? And, uh,
2: yeah, I was a part-time youth minister there at that parish, and then finally I went, I had to take a break for college. So where
1: would you go to college?
2: I transferred to Santa Clara University. I oh, finally found a major.
1: A good Jesuit school. <laughs> yeah. I, I
2: finally found a major because at What'd the time— What did you ta- major in? Uh, religious studies.
1: Okay. Uh, Santa I, I Clara t- is yeah. a great university. Oh, I loved it. I yeah. love it.
2: And, and actually, I did very
1: well in school because I wasn't— Do they still have they, that big uh, Toso Dome where they play basketball? Uh, yes. Yeah, yes it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's. It's. I covered a game there as a sports writer, a sportscaster one time, and— it's it's I mean it's like a balloon. It's it's got blowers keeping, I believe so. the, yeah, yeah. keeping the bubble up. Yeah. <laughs> and and then, then one time I didn't hear the blowers anymore. Anyway. I thought no. is this thing gonna collapse on <laughs> me?
2: <laughs> well, I haven't been there in a while, so I don't know if it's probably still, there. still have yeah. it. Yeah.
1: They probably still have it. Yeah. But
2: um, go Broncos. <laughs> yeah. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Yeah. I had a great time there. I I loved. I was never really good at school, but when I decided that major. It was something that I was passionate about. Something I wanted. to Did you to think learn about
1: more. other majors, or were you, you no? Were, you I were think I was, yeah, I was. Uh, and what I, did you think you would do with a religious studies major?
2: Well, because I was already involved in ministry, ah, uh-huh. so I just knew that, and I knew that I needed to finish school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, I, I, you know, I, with advice from close. friends. And you're right
1: yeah. in the San Jose area. Yeah, yeah.
2: And you know, if I was going to spend more time and money <laughs> in mm-hmm. my education, it had to be something that I was passionate about, right. and so that just made sense.
1: Wow. So you you graduated from Santa Clara,
2: yeah. And then that after that, I thought I was done with youth ministry. I thought maybe, uh, maybe I'll work in the Catholic schools, just you know, apply my degree right. in that way. But then I get a call from Father Brendan McGuire. <laughs> he was the pastor at Holy Spirit uh, mm-hmm. at the time, saying he has a, you know, he's hiring, and would I be interested? And it was just like that flame, wow, just came up again. And I said yes, and. That was my first full-time um, position in ministry, as youth ministry. And then from there, I went to uh, the diocese. Um, Worked for the diocese yeah, of San Jose. Yeah, as an associate director for youth and young adult ministry, mainly focused on young adult. And who,
1: who was the bishop at the time?
2: Uh, Patrick J. McGraw. McGraw, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The late. The late, yeah. yeah I think good man. He passes, very yeah, good, very man. good man. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so I was associate for a few years. John Ronaldo was the director at the time. And then in twenty thirteen he left. Mm-hmm. And then I became I assumed the role as director until twenty nineteen.
1: Wow. What brought you to Sacramento? Cost of living. <laughs> oh. We hear that a lot. Yes.
2: Uh cost of living. Um so we when I left the diocese, we were still in San Jose, so we I moved in with my parents. My family and I moved in with my parents. So I'm married. Uh, my, to my wife, uh, sixteen, almost sixteen years. Oh my gosh, uh, you got
1: married Dome. when you were ten?
2: No, at <laughs> not I didn't know that was legal in California. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: You're a very young looking man. Thank you, thank yeah. you.
2: I appreciate it. Uh, we have three kids. Oh uh, wow, we have, I have a young adult child uh, from my wife's first, um, uh, yeah, first relationship, and his name is Xavier Durante. He lives in North Hollywood, and I have two little daughters, Lily Doe, who's a sophomore now at Christian Brothers, oh. and Chloe Doe is my youngest. Um, she's 10 and a half, and is fifth grader at St. Saint, Saint Elizabeth Ann Seton in Elk Grove. In Elk Grove, yeah. yeah. So we're, we're, we're residing Elk Grove for now. Um, elk Grove's a nice community. It is. I it
1: remember is. when Elk Grove actually had elk. <laughs> it's, it's, it now really got the name right <laughs> yeah it now has nine high schools yeah. you know it's really it's such a it's spanning it,
2: and it's just yeah. a beautiful place yeah um but going back, I forgot what was the question hey your
1: parish is, is it good shepherd Where's yeah, your, Good, shepherd. Yeah. good mm-hmm. shepherd yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah oh yeah so what brought us there um yeah so so after leaving the diocese uh, so my wife runs her own business mm-hmm. and so when I left the diocese, I jumped on with her and we helped build the business together. Mm-hmm um we moved into my my parents for for the time being and then the pandemic hit oh, so wow. we were kind of in kind of stuck in that phase
1: so are your parents still in San Jose or there in this Yeah area? yeah they're yeah. still,
2: they're still mm-hmm. in San Jose and then um after that period after that phase my daughter Lily it was that time where we had to decide what high school she was going to go to because she was going to finish 8th grade sure so that was kind of the moment where we had to discern whether or not we were going to stay or move sure and and it was clear that we just needed to look outside yeah so just it's you know up north just seemed to make the most sense for us so yeah when we found out about christian brothers we we went did the open house and just was just blown a great open. school yeah blown away by their great school by their hospitality their spirit the community and we were sold and then the moment we got the accept her received her acceptance letter was like okay it's a sealed deal we yeah. we're, we're moving and so that's when we started looking around and so we moved actually not initially because of this role like i wasn't even looking at the time mm-hmm. we just moved because cost of living the girls were starting you know you so lily went to high school was going to go to high school and then so we had to find another school for our youngest so it was kind of just kind of naturally we were you know we were mov- heading up in this direction um and then it was early this year that I was discerning, well, I kind of want to, cause I didn't know, we didn't really know anybody. So I was feeling like, you know, I kind of want to build community here, mm-hmm. get to know some people. So the only way, and I wanted my daughters to get involved in ministries. So it's like, okay, well, they're not going to do it unless I make the first move. <laughs> so I felt the responsibility to, okay, dip my toes back into ministry, maybe volunteer. <laughs> So that's how I got connected to Alejandro. I mean, I knew Alejandro mm-hmm. already. Um,
1: so you got into ministry at, at Good Shepherd?
2: No, well, I was discerning. I was discerning. thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so Ant- I met, I got connected with Anthony. Anthony, who was here at the time. Anthony Ta. Anthony Ta yeah. uh, was connecting me with different people, you know, to help them with retreats or to do a talk or whatnot. So I was, like, dabbling in uh, getting my feet wet a little bit. And then the next thing I know, I get a call from Deacon Kevin Stasikow. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> says, yeah, we have an opening. <laughs> I'm like, what? And it was all during this time where I was discerning where God was calling me. Right. So I just like, and and I, I tell people, yeah, during my discernment, I was very honest with the Lord. I was like, okay, Lord, if you want me to go back into prof- professional ministry, please make it crystal clear to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, you know. I don't. I don't want any like subtle hints. Like if if this is really what you want, just make it super crystal clear. And when I got that call, I, it couldn't get any clearer than yeah. that. Like I I talked to my wife. She's like, "Yeah, that's pretty clear." I talked to my spiritual director. I said, "Yeah,
1: that's pretty clear." <laughs> did, did Did Deacon Kevin sound like God? Oh. <laughs> <Did>
2: he? <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely was a messenger for sure. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it just came right time, timing. Um, yeah,
1: timing's everything. Timing's everything. How long ago was that?
2: That was in. So I started, like I said, I was started started discerning getting back this year. It was like part of my New Year's resolution, if you will. And uh, he called me like the end of May.
1: Wow, and yeah. you're now the regional coordinator for youth and young adult ministry. Yes. Yeah is the diocese uh, are you which region are you this is a big diocese it is
2: a big diocese. so it's a de- definitely I'm, I'm still learning i'm very i'm very new i'm still learning the geographical areas all the various deaneries that this diocese covers or, or you know are yeah. a part of this diocese um i mean coming from one county to what 20? 20 20 counties, 20 counties. <laughs> it's a big big shift so my, re- my area that I'm focused on is the three deaneries: Southern Suburbs, mm-hmm. deniery, uh West Placer, and then Motherlode. So oh, wow. Are, yeah, so those are three primary. I mean, I, I support outside of that but as well. But even
1: within that, there's there's a lot of diversity. Yeah, there is. There Motherlode is. is a lot different than the South Suburbs. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but was... I'm looking forward to meeting these communities, meeting the pastors, talking to the youth and young adult leaders, and just to let them know that we're here to support their yeah. efforts. Um, we know that where youth and young adult ministry is these days, it's it, it is a challenge. It's um, more
1: than pizza and basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It's more than pizza and basketball, and 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 they're leaving at a younger age. And so, how do we how do we
1: acknowledge that? How well, do we, we hear that it? a lot. First communion, confirmation, and then the parents are done mm-hmm. or baptism. You know, but then they're done. Right. Maybe the parents kind of came back because they had kids, right? You know, and 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 it's one of the things that I feel so good about the Newman Centers for for the kids that go off to college. Um, if they make that connection, yeah, man, it's many a of them, them don't. One of my daughters has made the connection at the UC Davis Newman Center, and it's just they've just taken her under their wing, and just she loves who's there. She loves the activities. She loves the faith. She loves all parts of it, mm-hmm. and it was just. It, the Old, you know, invitation. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, I, she was on campus one day, and I don't know if somebody handed her a flyer or or something, you know, and and just engaged with her. And and she dropped by the Newman Center, and she'd grown up in Davis, so she she kind of knew about the Newman Center. We had gone to mass a few times there, but usually we went to St. James, yeah, and uh, um, and boom, she she now's spends a, a fair amount of time there and it's just it just loves it it's, yeah it's a blessing and you know. I
2: think that's goes uh, that says a lot about the importance of ministering to the young adults you know I mean we I think we put a lot of emphasis rightly so for youth ministry the ones that are in middle school and high school but then once they graduate and they they kind of leave the parish right. communities or their youth ministry yep. a lot of times there's there's not a place for them. Um, so I think that's where young adult ministry comes into play and is really clir- critical, and, and it's just a whole field of its own because there's so many. Because we we define young adults as age eighteen to thirty nine. I mean, you're looking right. at so many different, yeah, so many different subgroups in there. So how do how can we be intentional about uh, reaching out to them and ministering to them where they're at in their right. stage of life? You
1: know? Wow. So what what is your role?
2: So my role is to. Uh, so we have our mission statement as a combined office Deacon Kevin oversees the office of family and faith formation and youth and young adults Um, I think in the past it used to be two separate but now we're we're kind of collaborating combining so we have a combined mission statement which is to um, equip ministry leaders to accompany disciples of Jesus and so we do that through three pillars discernment Mm -hmm. um, formation and accompaniment so we see our role as more serving the leaders who serve uh-huh. uh, youth and young adults. So those are the DREs, the catechists, the um, youth ministry coordinator, the confirmation coordinator, and also their their teams, right. whether it's adults and and youth, because they're they're really the ones that are are doing the work at their community. Sure, um, but they also need to be nourished, to be trained. Sure. Um, and so, so our our role is to support our constituents. sort of overarching
1: yeah. guidance too. Yeah, yeah, like
2: mentoring and co- accompanying
1: them. Is there is there a fair amount of difference between, uh, say, a youth ministry in I don't know, Wairika and a youth ministry in Elk Grove?
2: Yeah, because I different, think different communities, different communities, different communities, different needs. Um, I mean, there are general things that sure. that we know young people need, or um, can identify with, but but their their geographic, cultural, all those makeup, you know, yep. you know, makes them unique. And 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 how do we understand that, and how can we respond to that, and to, to, to the different needs that are out there. So, have you been to
1: the Vietnamese Martyrs Church?
2: Actually, I just was there today. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I was oh, there. Wow. I was actually. I've been. I've been going there several times because uh, we've been working with the Southern suburbs Deanery. With their Eucharistic revival celebration, they want to do like a diocesan-wide celebration. Yeah, Uh, this October, Uh, and so I've been working with the pastors. Oh, that's great. We've been meeting at Vietnamese Martyrs. Yeah, it's a nice
1: parish. It's a beautiful parish. I went to a a function there for Christo Ray had a their annual dinner there a few years ago, and and uh, the high school, Mm -hmm. and they had it at Vietnamese Martyrs. It's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful parish. Yeah. Right there, I I love that road. big statue of yes.
2: our lady. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Is there a, a fairly large Vietnamese community in, in Sacramento area?
2: Um, I believe so. I'm still under I'm not I'm not sure in terms of the statistics, yeah. but but I mean there's a dedicated parish community center for yeah. the Vietnamese communities, I would imagine. And I think one of the things that I, I was I guess surprised, but not surprised, um, coming here is especially going to Good Shepherd just a diversity yeah. of of different ethnic, you know, backgrounds, and it was funny because my wife and I would say, you know, even though we're like two hours away from where we were from San Jose, it, it felt like we're just kind of another part of San Jose. <laughs> yeah, oh, sure. <laughs> that's that's how similar it felt. Yeah, well, so, San
1: Jose's got enormous diversity. Yeah, as well. and and
2: yeah. which is which was a beautiful thing for us because yeah, it I, felt kind of like an extension of
1: home. I remember. Having a discussion with a uh, not really a friend but an acquaintance, somebody I, I know around town, and and they 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 knew I'm Catholic. I'm in a small town, and and they uh, said, so you know, I don't I don't really buy all this Catholic stuff. You know, they weren't former Catholic or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, yeah, you know, um, church does a lot of good things in this world. And he said, oh, it's just a bunch of old white men. <laughs> I said, really? I said. <laughs> Would you like to come to mass yeah, sometime? Exactly. Uh and just any mass, not you know like a Spanish language mass or a Vietnamese language mass yeah. where you could kind of maybe predict the, who's, who the parishioners are going to be, any mass. And you're going to see enormous diversity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you go in LA or New York, you're going to see mass in what thirty eight different languages, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I and mean, we have uh, mass in a number of languages uh, just here in the diocese of Sacramento. Yeah, and um, but we're all united. Yes, you know we're we're yeah we we do have some old white men in the <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> in the uh, in, in the church, but we also have all of God's creation in the church. Yeah, you know, and yeah. it's it's funny how people can stereotype you down to a a soundbite. But I think it's also just misconceptions that
2: yeah. are that are out there, misinformation, um, or you just hear the negatives, right? Yeah. And, but the the church is such a beautiful, beautiful community family of well, God. Well, this is yeah. this is
1: the church that Jesus founded. Yeah. Any historian will tell you that yeah. that's the truth. And I, and I, and I, you know, I respect. I certainly respect people in other religions, and and you know, good for them. Um, but the the notion that. Jesus would found a church and then leave it doesn't make any sense to mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. So this is the church he founded. Mm-hmm. That's enough for me.
2: And that he's still present. in. And he's still present in the it, sacraments. In and the that's sacraments. The beauty, yeah. yeah, you know,
1: and and we're sort of unique in that. Yeah, in that we absolutely believe this is the body and blood. And and scripture is very clear on that. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I know the Eucharistic revival is kind of part of going back to that and saying, hey, look at this, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's it's not the whole Eucharistic revival, but, and I'm really thrilled about the Eucharistic revival. I think that when I talk to converts, a great many of them will say, it was the Eucharist mm-hmm. that brought me over. Yeah. Because you guys really believe, you know, you, mm-hmm. you bought the whole package. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. Know, you, yeah you guys really believe, you don't think it's a symbol, you don't, you know, it's, you, you really believe. And, and. You, we trace your right roots all the way back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the apostolic tradition. You know, and and people kind of say, well, wh- why is tradition important? You know, and 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 yeah, I mean, the, we got the good book, and it's and we've got the catechism, but the tradition's important because you're going back to the way Jesus and the apostles did it. Mm-hmm. You know that that that's why tradition is important. Sometimes tradition is. Out in the real world can be a bad thing. Even Mm -hmm. you know, well, we've always done it this way. Women could never vote. We're not going to let them vote now. You know, right? But but you go back to the way Jesus and the apostles did it. uh, Well, that's that's the best guide. It's the best guide you could
2: have. Well, even just coming from the Lord Himself, He instituted the Eucharist and says
1: to continue this, to To continue it, right? Yeah, do this in memory of me. Absolutely. Yeah, not just okay. Here's the Eucharist. Go yeah, you know go and do whatever. yeah, go and spread the good word. No, do this in memory of me. like he's telling him do it again. Do it again, mm-hmm. do it again. Mm-hmm. And here we are how many generations later. yeah and we're still doing it.
2: Exactly. And I think the beauty about it is is Christ incarnate and making himself known in the sacrament so that we can become what we receive, that mm-hmm. we become the body and blood of Christ you know, poured out to the world and and being present his presence in the world and i think that's the beauty about our faith is that we this abstract concept of of love unconditional love that was in a human being Mm -hmm. god jesus now inviting us to be a part of that through the giving of his his own body and blood
1: yeah you know it's interesting and i I talked to a lot of people in my life and Uh, I like to engage people and people will will say, well, I I don't I don't I don't believe this or I don't buy that or or whatever. But when it comes to Jesus, everybody loves Jesus. They may not believe he's deity. Mm -hmm. They may not believe he's the savior, but they look at the life of Jesus. They like Jesus. And because he is (laughs) every every word he has uttered you can't disagree with exactly you just can't you you can't intellectually disagree with it and you can't disagree with it in your heart Mm -hmm. you know he's he's not asking us necessarily to do easy things right uh love your love your i think the toughest thing he asks us to is to love your enemy you know that's a tough one Mm -hmm. but you know if you did it would be a lot better world but he's credible because he walked the talk because exactly because he he, exactly. he
2: loved his enemy to death he would there death.
1: for the least loved people yeah. on earth yeah yeah it's it's uh, and still forgave them and still forgave them so. on the cross he forgave them absolutely i mean if anybody was wrongfully put to death it was jesus mm-hmm. and yet he knew that was his fate mm-hmm. he knew he had to go through it he didn't uh, he wasn't angry on the cross. He wasn't condemning on the cross. At his seeming lowest moment was his greatest moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's powerful, unbelievably powerful. And that's a story we need to
2: remarkable. tell. Yep, and then that, that's the life we need to
1: witness. Yeah. yeah. So, are you involved in ministry days as a, as as a newbie here?
2: Yes, I am involved. I'm actually. A Part of the planning team and doing a lot of background work, yeah. Um, but yeah, would love to talk about Ministry Days. It's coming up in a couple of weeks. Actually, did we do you have,
1: have a, a Ministry Days type thing in the Diocese of San Jose?
2: Yeah, we actually did. It was used to be called. It had different names. Um, Over the more recent years, but traditionally it was always called the Faith Formation Conference, Uh and it actually was a collaborative between some of the surrounding dioceses. So it'll be San Jose, Oakland, San Francisco, Monterey, Stockton, and Monterey. Right, right. And we would host this annual. I believe it was also a two-day conference. Yeah, yeah. Where you know a lot of the Catholic schools are in service, so school teachers, faculty, administration would go, along with parish staff, uh, on the both. Both of those days, yeah.
1: Yeah, so. ministry days is such a, is a uh, September 22nd for our teachers and faculty and staff, and then uh, September 23rd, all at uh, St. Francis.
2: Yes, correct. And, and that, I would actually add that on the 22nd, it is for, for faculty and teachers, but we right. are also adding an element right. called a parish day right. for parish staff. Um, because I think that's that's one of the things that, that perhaps in the past – People felt like Friday wasn't for them if they're not part of the school. But right. so we're changing that. We're adding a component where it, it's going to be a retreat day. Right. Where it's going to be great speakers to come out, and you can just f- be nourished.
1: And all the kids in the Catholic schools love it. Yeah, because they get <laughs> the yeah, exactly. day off. Um, yeah, <laughs> they want ministry days once a month. <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly. So then, so then the Saturday is the the the, the conference where the conference, there's yeah. this keynote. There's two rounds of workshops, with. And you get so, to p- you get to pick the workshop. You get to pick the workshops. So many different topics. You know, whether you're a liturgist, whether you're a confirmation coordinator, or whether you're on staff, there's something for everybody. And we actually do have several speakers that speak to youth and young adult audience. So we encourage all the youth and young adult ministry leaders, volunteers, uh, to come out and, and check them out.
1: And you can uh, go to ministrydays.com to learn all about the workshops, uh, how to sign up, et cetera, et cetera. And a pretty darn good lunch. Yes,
2: yes, definitely. And there's going to be a lot of vendors that will be there. Um, and
1: these are not food vendors. These are vendors with exhibitors, books, yeah. and exhibits. Exactly, and resources, and, yeah. resources. Resources, yeah. I yeah, should be clear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, and also, just to mention, on Friday night of the 22nd, Friday 22nd, we are hosting a theology on tap yeah. for young adults. And that's going to be— Over 21. Yeah, over 21. So it's going to be held at Holy Spirit Parish in Sacramento. Oh, very good. Yeah. So. Very good. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Have you been out to St. Francis? Yes, I have. I've yeah, beautiful high school. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful high school. Again, ministrydays.com to learn all about it. Uh, are you? So what will be your role there at Ministry Days? I will be setting up,
2: tearing down, supporting our speakers, um, manning the booth. We'll have a, a Office of Youth, Youth oh, and good. Adult booth as well as the off of Office of Faith and Family Life Formation.
1: Did, did you make it to On Fire? Uh, down in Vallejo.
2: uh it's actually this saturday so Nuts. it's coming it's the saturday yeah yeah very good yeah
1: very good well awfully good awfully good to uh have you on board thank you very i much. hope uh, we see you often thank you thanks Appreciate so much it. thanks for time. god bless your work we'll take a quick break back with more on the bishop's hour right after this we'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations uh, businesses in town This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at the thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, Four seven two zero, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and longstanding support of the Bishop's Hour.
3: This is Deacon Kevin Stasco, the Director of the Office of Youth and Young Adult Ministry and Family and Faith Formation, and you're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Thank you, Deacon Kevin, for that wonderful introduction, and uh, yeah, everybody's
1: all fired up about uh, ministry days uh, coming up uh, this week, this Friday and Saturday.
3: Uh, Speaking of uh, events, Bob, you haven't really had a chance to talk to, uh, we haven't talked much off air or on air. Uh, how did the Bishop Gallegos dinner go? I know you hosted that.
1: Always a, well, I, I didn't host it, but I did MC it. And, and, uh, What's the difference? I think the host pays for everything. Oh, <laughs> including the MC. <laughs> uh, okay. No, I work for dinner. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> okay, there's definitely um, a difference. All right. Yeah. No, it was at uh, Armand's Palace in Elk Grove for the third year. Uh it used to be at the Dante Club, and it kind of outgrew the venue, if you will, and then it was over at the McClellan Event Center for, I think, just for one year. And then the McClellan Event Center closed down. Uh, the Dante Club was an excellent venue, but it just got it just got where it wasn't big enough.
3: Is it a, it's a nice venue. I actually held a football ni- a football thing there one night, an award yeah. ceremony there one night. Very nice venue. Yeah.
1: Good food, good service. And and then uh, Armand's Palace is one of those Event centers, I guess, that where people hold, you know, retirements and that kind of, you know, parties. And mm-hmm. probably a crowd of 300-something like that. Filled the great. room. Filled, uh, some some great uh, silent auction prizes and uh, things like that.
3: Did you win anything this year? Hmm? You win anything this year? No,
1: my daughter was there drawing the tickets out. Oh, so you can't win that. It, it was as fixed as could be, and we still didn't <laughs> win anything.
3: You didn't, like, dog-ear one of your, one of you your know, tickets? Know, you, know? you
1: know, it's funny because... Uh, whether it's at uh, the 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 Bishop Gago's or the the uh, sometimes the uh, the uh, uh, vocations dinner, St Vincent de Paul dinner for the poor, there's always silent auctions and raffles and all those things, uh, the Life Center, and invariably, you know there's always a, a shout somebody you know what was the number and then oh i got it and everybody laughs, laughs because they all know bill or, or whoever right, right. Want, you know and then and then two seconds later you draw the next ticket it's the same table not necessarily the same person uh-huh. the same same table father bong my former pastor he he won and everybody's going oh that's that's a fix right. <laughs> i mean so uh yeah but uh, some some gr- that was that was fun uh Hearing from the, the people who have been uh, who have benefited from uh, the Bishop Greger's home personally, although obviously we all benefit from the mm-hmm. Bishop Gra- that, that you know that it's it. I remember uh, uh, eulogizing somebody at a, at a at a funeral one time, or uh, at afterwards, you know, at the celebration of life, you know, after uh, uh, the mass, and and. Saying, you know, the the, the thing that was great about this person's life isn't just that he made everybody around them better and all that and helped all them. He ended up helping a lot of people that didn't even know he existed. Right. You know, and that's the mark of somebody. And and that's the mark of the Bishop Gagos home is, sure, they're helping those women uh, who are in, you know, pretty tough straits. They're Mm. homeless. They're pregnant. They want to have their babies but they don't, they don't just need a, you know, a, a food closet or clothes or they need a place to live. I uh, cannot imagine being pregnant and being on the streets.
3: Yeah, no, neither can I.
1: And it makes, it makes the whole society better. And to, to hear their stories and how they've turned their lives around because of the love and compassion and sometimes second chance that the, the Bishop guy home. Some of them have been trafficked some of them have been abused of since childhood uh they all have their stories and uh you know it's it's just amazing how it has has transformed the life i i tell people i said i don't care i mean i do care but i don't care if you call yourself pro life or pro choice or you're an atheist or what you are this home is something that everybody should support because right, right they are they are doing great work they're doing the lord's work even if you don't believe in the lord they're doing the lord's work and they're making the whole society better you know you know one person at a time and those women go out in the world they they now have homes they have jobs they have family and they become productive citizens in our society. It makes the whole society better.
3: Were there people there speaking this time? I know in the past, she's had them, uh, Paulette's had people there. Were there people there who were affected, who sort of, for lack of a better term, gone through their system or oh, now no, success stories? They all yeah. do. Yeah. yeah.
1: And those are, those are always very, very moving. One, one woman, uh, is actually, uh, has her own nonprofit now. Oh, really? And, yeah. And, and, uh, um, I remember one year, uh, Woman uh, was uh, she went on to be an R.N. You know, like a, like a, a a local hospital. You know, was in charge of all the nurses at a local hospital. You know, and uh, just really remarkably successful stories. Hmm. And it's led to a lot of reconciliations with families. Mm-hmm. It's led. It's just. It's it's for those that don't know about it. It is. It is a home with um, where a, a, a woman. Will have her own room. She uh, can stay there long past when the baby's born. Mm -hmm. Usually up to about six months, and then they have transition housing. Mm -hmm. And while they're there, they're not just sort of warehoused. They're going to classes. They're going to, uh, you know, maybe drug rehab. Uh, They're going to all sorts of uh, getting connected. With all sorts of services that maybe the county provides, or the city provides, or the state provides to get them back on their feet, right? And um, it's uh, and and also being connected with places like St. Vincent de Paul and and even the you know, Knights of Columbus and other other groups that can help them with their specific needs. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's pretty pretty impressive. And uh, there were a couple of babies there. Oh, good. Yeah, with their moms. And uh, and they're feted and they're honored. And, and it's just it's just I think it's a uh, I guess the booster shot is an overworked term. But it, I think it's a real shot in the arm for these women to see all these people there who love them and support them. Right. And are there to help them.
3: And they get they get help for you to so state, county, local. they So they get help throughout i mean whatever's offered that they're, they're able to find bishop oh yeah. and, is, and bishop
1: Agus they're knows, plugged in knows they're plugged in That's yeah. a perfect term they they are plugged in they they know, okay you need to go to drug rehab you need to go to aa you need to go right. you need to go to job training you need you know or, or maybe you need to go back to college uh maybe you need to finish high school
3: there's so many things that people don't realize are offered to them. I mean, you hear there's about it all a lot the time. There. There's a lot yeah. out there. you hear about it, like uh, grants and and programs that go completely unfulfilled because people mm-hmm. just don't know about them. I mean, there's so many different grants out there and things where people who are, you know, obviously there there are people out there with a lot of money who want to do good in the world, but also they know that there's oh, there's you know, like you can write it off, you can do all these different things to do for donating these 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 um, foundations and what have you, right. but a lot of times, people don't know about them, and, and it's
1: the people that know about the services are the ones that don't need it. R- well, yeah, that's what yeah, I was gonna and, say. And, and, so, someone yeah.
3: like Bishop Gallegos, Maternity Home, they can they know about these things and can get them in yeah. touch with I you, mean, and vice versa. Yeah,
1: that's exactly. I mean, they have they have people that that's their that's their role. Yeah, you know, is, is, yeah. to, is to connect people and find
3: or grant writers who will actually write a grant that they knows out there for exactly. you. Yeah, and that's that can be a daunting process. I so, mean, if somebody's trying to get back into college. I mean, so, I, I, but, uh, writing a grant is a whole other kind of yeah, way red, of writing. The,
1: the red tape for for um, I I, can, I can remember when I went to college years ago. I I remember telling my parents, you know, they had O week orientation week. You know, okay, and you'd go to the health center. And get is that because it was in Oregon? And huh? is that because it was in Oregon? It was a no. week ago. week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you'd have, you know, you'd get your class schedules and all the you know all this stuff. And I remember telling my parents, I said. I think I can get through college. I don't think I can get through all week. Right. There was right. so much red tape, and yeah. so much waiting in line, and so much and I and I could see a lot of people just saying, "I I it's not for me. It's not for me. I can't I can't." And and you you, you take someone who's been on the streets, mm-hmm. who has been trafficked, who's pregnant. And this is a maze. Mm-hmm. In, in many times. Mm-hmm. They don't know about the social services that are available to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe they're new to the area. Maybe they're new to the country mm-hmm. um, or, or certainly the area. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they don't speak the language. Uh, it's, they know how to, how to overcome mm-hmm. the and help these people. You mm-hmm. know, uh, The old statement, it's not a handout, it's a hand up. It right. is a hand up. And they're, they're, very, they're very good about it, but they're very
3: compassionate about it. I would imagine, too, that like if, if you've been living on the street, let's say, and it's become your everyday normal, and someone is wanting to help you and you do see all these red tape things, it's probably so much easier to just say, forget it. I don't want to deal with the red tape and go back to the life you know, even though the life that they may know may be one of extreme danger and extreme poverty and all these different things. It's good to have people out there that will say, hey, we'll walk you through this so you don't have to. And because you, you hear about it all the time where there's services that are offered and people say, oh, well, they refuse their services. It's like, yeah, but I mean, some, some people and I know a lot of people who work with, with the, the the homeless and... They talk about how, like, you know, I have a friend who's a, a veteran, and he deals with the homeless uh, veteran population, and a lot of these guys don't know what they can get from the VA. They don't right, know sure. that, that they they don't have an ID, and, like, I don't know how to get or one. Or
1: maybe years ago, they had a bad experience with right. the VA.
3: Right, Yeah, or they, had, they don't have an ID, and they don't think that they're entitled to one anymore. It's like, no, no, you, you, you can have one. You have one on file. Let's go back down to DMV and get it, you know, because so many things now you can't do without an ID or proof of who you are, understandably, but it's not as hard to get as I think well, I, I think. remember
1: with a there was a family member uh, years ago that was uh, not destitute but in, in tough place and and I spent well we, I spent tons of time talking with him and usually he'd ha- he'd always have an excuse mm-hmm. why this wouldn't work and we get in All the right. car to go solve something and they so no uh, that's you know Right, work right. he'd be meeting with somebody, and he'd just get up and walk out like he doesn't want to help me. That kind of stuff, and and there were and then and, or he'd come out from a meeting with some some social service, and there was all this paper and all this, and he is dyslexic, and he was you know, right, and it was very difficult, and you you need somebody who's persistent, somebody who knows the system. The thing about Bishop Gegos they don't take any money from any they don't take any public money. Right. They uh because they don't want any red tape. They don't want any requirements. You have to do it right. this way. Be beholden to anybody. Yeah, I mean they still have to I mean because they are housing people and feeding people, they have to follow county health regulations <laughs> right. and things like that. Yeah. But but they they won't get dictated to about who your clients are, and who um, you know, how you the, the things you do, um, and so it's it's uh, and the, the the nice thing about bishop bishop I mean obviously it's named after a bishop right um, there's there is a good faith element too there's no beat you over the head you have to be Catholic right or anything like that um, but there is a faith element. And, and that's that's wonderful too. You got
3: to think it's a secondary sort of uh, thing that would happen. F- faith by example. Right, yeah. I mean, these people are coming in here and maybe just as, just as lost as you can be literally in the world, you can be lost in your faith and you're coming into this place and they're doing all these things for you. They're helping you in, in these real world scenarios and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, this is the Catholic Church helping me. Their name's Bishop. Maybe I was, you know, wrong with the church. Maybe I don't want to go back to the church. Or maybe I didn't know right. enough about the church, or what have you. So it's that. It's sort of that thing. With the, the, it was, uh, I think it was Pope Francis who had said, you know, don't necessarily, you know, live the example yeah. more than you know. If you're saying you're the example, but you're not being an example, you're not really an example. Yeah. And um, I feel like this is a perfect Saint
1: Francis. I think said, uh, not Pope Francis, although I'm sure he said it. Uh, is uh, you know. Go out and spread the good good word right. or something, and it, when necessary, use words. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. When know. necessary. And, yeah. Yeah. And and, and, and you know, and Paulette uh, uh, Wiley is the current executive director there, and a wonderful woman. Mm-hmm. So so sincere and so caring, and mm-hmm.
3: uh, also giving with her time for us too.
1: Yeah. Very very. And and she took over for Lenore Malarkey, who everybody thought was irreplaceable, mm-hmm. and she was irreplaceable. But Paulette has stepped into those big shoes, very well, mm-hmm. and um, just just does a wonderful, wonderful job. And uh, then the, every year they have a keynote speaker. One uh, one year they had a young man. He was only 18, and he his mom had already scheduled an abortion for him. And uh, Bishop Gay goes oh, wow. home, help the mom. And as a result, this kid was born. He's 18 and he was like already, you know, straight azing Harvard or something somewhere, <laughs> you know. And, yeah. And wasn't supposed to be born, you know. Right. But, but for Bishop Gagos. And uh, uh, another time they had Sheriff McGinnis. Uh, another time they had Kelly Brothers.
3: Mm hmm. Uh, All former guests on our show.
1: Yeah. And I remember when Kelly is a financial advisor now, of course, a media guy too. But, uh, uh, I had the pleasure of introducing Kelly, and I handed him a twenty dollar bill, and I said, "I want you to invest this for me, <laughs> and, and next year's dinner, I want you to come back yeah. and show me show me what I got." Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had fun with Kelly. Kelly was he's a nice guy. Kelly does a lot of uh, you know speaking and donating of his time, and uh, he kind of had a rule with his family; they never does it on Sunday. Hmm. Uh, Bishop Go's dinner is always on Sunday night, but he said, "No, you know Sunday." We just don't do that. It's a Lord's Day. We go to Mass. We, you know, we we do all that. But I don't. I'm not going to accept a a gig mm-hmm. uh, on a Sunday. And he said, I made exception for the Bishop Gagosar. Well, yeah, I feel like that's a good exception to because make because that's that's a that's a great one to do. So,
3: so you're telling uh, me they had two major media personalities there between Bob Dunning and but, Kelly Brothers. Oh, yeah,
1: was a, yeah was we had a stare down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and then, I mean, I really I really uh, relate to Kelly because. He was the play-by-play announcer for Notre Dame football on the student radio station when he was a student
3: Really? at Notre Dame. I didn't realize they had the student radio station with cover games. Usually student radio is you know kids playing records. and. You know.
1: Usually, except uh, the, the ones that are involved in sports know that, hey, I need to learn how to be smart. Uh, yeah, I need to be in the press box with a microphone. Very smart. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know at my alma mater, UC Davis, they do. They, they have the student station broadcasting. Mm. And, um, but, you know, and then this year they had Kathleen Domingo, a frequent guest on this program. Very She's much the Executive so. director of the California Catholic Conference, and she uh, represents all of the bishops of California to the California legislature, a, a, a lobbyist, if you will. And she just brought down the House in, ter- in talking about she she had come to the diocese of Sacramento uh, to to the the California Catholic Conference. Uh, she doesn't work for the diocese of Sacramento. She works for the California Catholic Conference, including the diocese of Sacramento. And she had come from the Di- the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, and she talked about programs, uh, pro life programs, and other programs that they had that helped people uh, in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles. And she just brought down the house. She had some great advice for people, just talking about in your daily encounters. You can you can change somebody's life or mood by looking them in the eyes and letting them know mm-hmm. that you respect them, mm-hmm. that they have dignity, that they're equal to everybody on this earth. You can you can really help people on a one-on-one basis. Yeah. just with a look.
3: I, I, we're about running out of time, but I wanted to. Tell, it reminds me of something, and I, I don't tell you the story to try to sound like a great person or anything like that. But it reminds me. I always think about this when people talk about that kind of thing. Right around the time that COVID was just starting, people were locking down, uh, but it wasn't super strict. At least in Placer County, where I live, with masks and things like that. Uh, I was at uh, a Bel Air near my house, and this girl walked the past store. the grocery store. Yes, not 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 a car. Uh, this this lady walked past me. She's probably in her twenties, and I was looking for something. My wife was making like a. a cake or something i forget what she was making but i was looking for something i couldn't find it and i saw a substitute and i asked the lady i said excuse me do you know anything about cooking and just you know first person i saw she's like kind of i was like does this work as a substitute for this and she says no we had a little conversation I said, okay great thanks as she walked off she turned around and she goes excuse me i was like yeah she goes thank you for talking to me I was, oh, wow. and i was like whoa what do you mean i was like we just having a conversation she was ever since the lockdown and everything started i don't have a lot of friends and my family doesn't live in the area i come to the store to be around people oh wow I was like, wow. "Oh!" I said, "Well, where you live?" Like we just started talking. I sat there for about fifteen minutes and talked to her, and she's like, "I really appreciate that. That this kind of made my week." I was like, "Yeah, absolutely, no problem." Yeah, you, and then went on yeah. with my shopping, and it was like, it, it, "You never know. You just never know." And it was it was great. You know, I'll never forget that.
1: I, I remember. I remember one time seeing a, a guy. He clearly was on his first day of jogging. <laughs> you, you know, kind of kind of heavy, and got a new pair of shoes for Christmas. And, right. And I, I, you know, I got to get, I got to get in shape, you know, it's right. going to get away from me. And, and we kind of passed each other on the trail and I, I kind of gave him a thumbs up. Yeah. G- guy recognized me, sent me a note huh. and said, you don't know what that meant to me. Oh, that's says, great. I was about to start walking. That's know, great. Go home and take my shoes off. And I, say, it's <laughs> not for me. Yeah, and yeah. You don't know.
3: You never know. You, you just don't know. Never know. That's why I'm always, I always smile and say hi to people because you just never know. That might be the thing that they're like, I'm having a terrible day, but you know what? This guy just said hi to me. All right, keep going, you know? So that's great. That's awesome.
1: That's going to do it for us for today. Good advice, Gabe. We'll do it for us today. Appreciate you all being with us. God bless everyone.